Welcome to Livelihood, providing tactical and practical tips for women who work. I'm Britt Larson, your host. No matter what you do for work, you are constantly presenting. You may not get up in front of a boardroom or decision makers and have to go through a PowerPoint deck, although most of us do, (laughs) but you are constantly presenting yourself either to your customers and clients, to your coworkers, to the people that you manage. And frankly, these are some of the soft skills that no one ever really teaches you. And so today I'm going to go through what you really need to think about before you are presenting an idea to any audience, whether that's, like I said, your coworkers, a boardroom, your manager, the things that you need to do to prepare so that your presentation goes off without a hitch and that you really feel like your presentation skills are being honed. These are things that I 100% believe influence people getting promoted, getting raises, getting hired, All of these skills can apply to a job interview. These are the things as a manager that I look at probably more than anything. Results are really important and I like to look at those things, but how someone presents themselves and how they get their ideas across is so vital. And like I said, it's often skills that you can't teach. And so if I see it in someone and know that they can only get better at it, I think, wow, I want to throw money at that person, help them grow in their career and mentor them and get them promoted because they are only going to get better at selling their ideas. So if you're starting to think, I don't really present, I don't really sell, you're wrong. Keep listening because I guarantee you, like I said, all of these things can apply to a job interview, a conversation with your manager, regardless of what industry you work in. So growing up, I loved being in musicals. My mom owned an after-school arts academy. I often talk about my mom being a total boss, and she was. She just was incredible at helping people understand their artistic talents, regardless of if they were born with them or not. One of my favorite parts of participating in musicals and being in live theater is that an audience responds so differently night to night, show to show. And it was really interesting to see how a joke would play one night with an audience and be completely different another night. And you start to notice patterns if you've done any kind of performing. You know what I'm talking about. Matinee audiences are always rowdier because they have more energy. It's not nighttime. And Thursday evening audiences are always quieter because it's the middle of the week. Friday night, they seem to be more engaged, but maybe a little quieter because again, it's the end of the week. And so these are the kind of patterns I want you to start to pick up on in your office setting, regardless of what it is, so that when you go in with an idea, you really are prepared But most importantly, you can sell your idea, whether that's, I need a raise, and so I need to think through how I'm going to present this idea, or I have to give a presentation to a group of teachers, and I'm worried about it because I don't love public speaking. I mean, public speaking is something that most people are terrified of, and I think the problem is they often focus too much on the presentation instead of on the audience. 
So in the following ways, I want you to anticipate and prepare for the audience that you're presenting to. And the first idea is to really set the stage. You are going to be much more familiar with the content that you are presenting than your audience. And it can be easy to forget that when you've been heavily involved in putting it together. And we often just dive in, right? We just put up the deck and we get three slides in and you realize half of the room is on their laptops and the other half has glazed eyes because they don't really understand the nitty gritty because you haven't painted the bigger picture. So this requires resisting the urge to dive into the details off the bat. And you want to think through the following questions and I'm going to list these out because I think they're so vital to think through. And this is whether you have an audience of one or an audience of 5,000. Number one, what does your audience already know about the topic? So don't bore them to death. I just watched, and I'm not going to talk about it specifically, but I watched a webinar recently where the first 15 minutes was sharing information that I guarantee you everyone watching already knew. And then the information actually got very helpful, but I was tuned out by then. So don't waste your audience's time sharing information that they already know. Number two, what is new that they likely won't understand? What's going to cause them to immediately get defensive? Maybe if there's a new policy that you're presenting as a manager or something that could potentially be confusing. That's a really important question to think through. Number three, what can you do to help them understand those things quickly at the start? And this is where it's really important to get rid of the fluff get to your why faster and your why should be number three. What can you do to help them understand faster? Because no one likes long presentations. No one likes long meetings. All the studies show that our attention spans are just getting shorter and shorter. And you are going to be a really powerful presenter if you can answer number three before you even do your presentation. Number four, what biases or preconceptions might they have? So going into this meeting, whether it's with your boss or a large group of people or your team, whatever the audience may be, you know that there's going to be some hesitation or some misconceptions about the things that you're going to be talking about. So think through them and how you can anticipate for them. And then number five, what presentation style would be most effective for them? I think we default too often to kind of the old school PowerPoint deck when in reality having two questions up on a whiteboard and just having a discussion may be a much better way to present a new idea. Sometimes we hand things out that only become a distraction. So think through what kind of style would be most effective because that's going to get your idea across the best way. And one of the best ways to get answers to these questions is to ask the individuals themselves. If you have some time to prepare, which I hope you do, if it's a big deal, think through these questions, but ask the people who are going to be in the meeting or talk to your manager and say, I know I have this opportunity to give this presentation. What do you think is the best way to present these ideas? And trust me, that will be a win-win situation for you. Your manager will love that you asked them and your presentation will also be better. The second tip I want to give you after you've thought through all of these questions is to determine what the major takeaway needs to be. And the way that I've put this is think through the finale before the first act. 
What do you want their feeling to be as the curtains close? What are the one to two major themes that they need to walk out of that room understanding and knowing? And this is to me the biggest mistake that most CEOs and executive types make is that they do a presentation and there's 80 things that they want to have as major takeaways. That's not an option. Put another way, how do you want this information to be downloaded out of your brain and into theirs? And there is also stuff that you want from their brains put into yours. So because mind melds aren't an option, prepared, directed, and thoughtful dialogue has to be an option. So if your main goal is just to blast out a bunch of information to people, send an email, don't present it to them. Too many meetings and presentations start and end without any clear direction, expectations, and no one has any idea why they were just stuck in a conference room for two hours. Avoid that problem by starting with the end in mind and make sure that you've thought about that before you stand up and present or go to your boss with a new idea. What is the major takeaway? Is there a question you need answered? Is there information you need to make sure they know? And then go back to those questions that we went through with the first step and make sure that you've thought through all of them. And the next idea is to start with a frame. This is tip number three. Just like you add a frame to artwork, you need to frame your presentation And this will really help your team, your audience, whoever you're presenting to, help them finish up whatever they're doing and ease into an overview of what you are about to discuss. So here's what I mean. Begin your meeting by sharing with them the purpose and then consider reviewing the previous meeting results if this is a meeting that you lead a lot. All of these tips are really helpful if you are a manager who leads a meeting frequently And then how you are going to demonstrate in today's meeting what's been accomplished since the last one. If there is one thing I could change about the corporate world, it would be this concept. So I'm going to say it again. Begin your meeting talking about why you're there. Not enough people do this. I had a boss who was so amazing at this. She started every meeting by saying, this is why we're here. This is what we're going to accomplish. And this is what we're all going to walk away with. And it's a really good time to confirm your pre-assessment. Those five questions that I went through, you can start off by saying, what questions do you all need answered? What outcomes do we need? What's the purpose of this discussion? And that's a lot more collaborative than maybe the example I just gave. But depending on your audience, you may want it to be that collaborative. And I think that's obviously a better way to do it than saying, this is what we're accomplishing. But even that step is probably an improvement based on many of the meetings that you've been in. If you're laughing or crying as I'm describing this, you've been in a meeting and walked out of it and thought, wow, I'll never get those hours back (laughs) into my life. And sadly, there's just so much productivity that's lost in the corporate world because we don't do this. You could even write these questions down on a board, hand it out in an agenda. You could get your team to the point where they've memorized these questions. I did that with one of my teams that I managed. We had three questions that we wanted answered with every team meeting that we had. And what was so awesome is that our meetings got shorter, more productive, and more fun. 
because we just really laser focused on what we actually wanted accomplished in those discussions. And those things can be really difficult. If you're a manager, it's often hard to completely change the habits and the the stupid ways that things have been done. And sometimes you don't have the power to do that. Sometimes when you're the presenter, you have to just go with how things have always been done. But a good way to start to break the mold and to get more productive with your people is to ask them, what is going wrong with our meetings? How can we frame them in a better way? I got a lot of heat in one of my roles for holding a lot of meetings. And I actually ended up winning or being disgraced with an office Oscar about it. It was something like the meeting maven or something because I I held so many meetings. It was like the office, the Dundee's episodes. I asked my team about it after and they said, you know, we give you a hard time about holding lots of meetings, but at least we always know why we're having them. So obviously I took that to heart and thought about, hmm, I probably need to lessen the amount of times I'm calling meetings, but at least my team knew why they were happening. So if you can't answer that question for yourself and you're the person calling them, you don't have a frame. You do not have a reason to meet. And too often, I think that we just think, oh, we need to have a meeting instead of, like I mentioned earlier, we could just send this out in an email and if people don't read it, that's on them. New policies and logistical stuff should be an email. When you want a discussion, when you want to be collaborative, when you want to walk out of a room knowing more about what people thought about something, have a discussion. But make sure that they know about that beforehand. So whether that's at the beginning of the meeting or even as you plan it, one of my favorite things to do is to put in the body of a calendar invite questions for people to consider before they come to the meeting. And that takes some training. A lot of my people aren't used to that kind of thinking. You know, you come to a meeting and you're prepared in quotes in the sense that you're there and you kind of know what it's about, but you haven't done your homework. And so that takes some training as a manager to really get people to think through, okay, I actually should read this article before I come. But I've watched as teams have changed And it kind of goes back to how my team made fun of me for holding lots of meetings, but at least they knew why we were having them. And I would much rather have five short, quick, productive meetings a week than one three-hour meeting that I walk out of scratching my head thinking, why in the world did I just listen to that presentation? So this idea of framing is vital. It, to me, is one of the skills that, like I said, a lot of executives lack because they go in and they want so many things to either come across in their discussion or they're just overwhelming people because they haven't put what needs to be accomplished in a frame. So propose ground rules and expectations for participation so that you walk out of this discussion feeling like I truly led that and we actually got accomplished what we needed to. So the last thing I want you to think about is the curtain call, which is back to tip number two, begin with the end in mind. This whole process probably sounds like a lot of extra work. If you're leading a daily standup, you may think, oh my gosh, I have a lot to improve. And there's lots of things that Britt mentioned that I didn't even think about or that I've never done because it just is going to take too much time. Well, 
every presentation isn't going to require this. When someone's really involved in the topic or a team is already familiar with the latest and greatest results, you don't need to do this much work to prepare. But I will warn you, like I did at the beginning, that these are the skills that I look at as a manager more than anything to promote people. I had an employee who came to me and said, I want to be able to present more and get better at this so that I'm more in tune with my clients on client calls because she noticed that she had some room to improve on that. And I think I had actually talked to her about that. I would like to start presenting to our really entry level employees to practice. I immediately told her that I wanted to promote her because she was thinking through these things. She didn't just show up and without an agenda that she spent five minutes on and waste everyone's time. She thought through topics that she thought that they would find helpful. And then she talked to them about it. And then she presented it in a way that was helpful to them and was constantly refining her presentation skills. And she went from being someone who came across very young, used a lot of filler words to someone who was polished and got a raise from their manager. So if you apply these principles often, they start to become second nature and only take a few minutes. And there are some other things that you can do that make it really easy to practice. Like my favorite way to practice presenting is just talking out loud in my car on my way to work. If I know I have to have a difficult conversation with an employee or present to partners at my work, or I have to have a client call where I'm going to be presenting a new idea that I know is going to take a lot of explanation. I talk through it before I get in front of the audience. I really want my audience to feel like I have them in mind and I'm not just trying to shove information down their throat. What you can avoid with this type of prep is that the pre-assessment and the framing, that's going to happen anyway. Those things are going to happen. You're going to have people say, why are we in this meeting? Or I already understand this information, so you can skip this. Or they're going to bring up their biases and their misconceptions, and then you're going to be stuck because you haven't thought about it. So unfortunately, when a meeting starts with questions and comments that are completely outside the scope of the meeting, which we've all been there, you get put on the defensive, especially if you're not prepared. So if you go in and say, this is what we're discussing, we are not going to be talking about these things, those are going to be talked about at another date, here's what we're staying focused on, everyone cool with that, are we on board with what is expected of us in this discussion, and then you lead and you take charge, wow, you are going to just completely have the people like putty in your hands because they're probably going to be shocked by it because this is a rare skill set. And they're probably going to think, I want more meetings like this, like my team said. Lots of meetings, but at least I knew why I was there. Like an actor memorizes their script and has to practice their staging, you have to prepare with your audience in mind. And you want that standing ovation. And we all know you're, you're not going to get an actual standing ovation from your boss, but There's nothing to me that feels better than walking out of a room where I presented an idea and I know that it got across. Even more importantly than that, that people felt heard and listened to as I presented that idea. It feels really crappy if you present an idea and it falls flat. We've all been there. I have so many examples of times where I thought this is just going to go over gangbusters with my boss and they immediately start poking holes in things because I hadn't thought it through. 
one of the things that I really struggle with is that I move fast. I'm not patient. So if I have an idea, I often spring it on either my team, my people, my husband, (laughs) my boss, and slowing down and going through this process has completely changed how I work. It's forced me to think about what I really want out of the conversation. So just to review, let's go through these tips again, that you need to set the stage. You're the originator of the idea. You're coming out and you need to really think through before you even stand up or sit down across from the person, those five questions and spend some time on it. Talk to your people, talk to the people that are going to be in the room One of my favorite things to do with clients was to ask them, how best can I present information to you? It's always gone well. In fact, I got some feedback from a person on my team. She was um, below me on the org chart, and I only bring that up because I thought it was really cool and gutsy that she told me this. But she said to me once, you talk really fast on this client call with this particular client. And I said, yep, I do. Because two months ago when I took over this account with you, I asked them how they would like their meetings to go. And they said, they're way too long and we spend too much time chatting. Now, not every client's going to feel that way. Some clients really want and need that personal touch. And this person who gave me this feedback was really good at that. She always had cutesy, fun, get to know you games when clients came in person. And I really appreciated that, but not all clients did. And in a lot of ways, I found it annoying in some cases because it would take us way too much time. So that's, again, why you need to really think through who is my audience? Are they going to appreciate me asking what the weather's like on this conference call? Or are they going to want to dive right into the agenda? And one of the best things you can do is ask. Ask your manager. Ask your client. Ask the people that work with you to give you feedback on how the meeting should be run. And then you want to think through the finale before the first act. Begin with the end in mind. How are you going to get this information into their minds? Do not fall prey to having a meeting for just the sake of having a meeting. Begin with the end in mind. And then frame. Start with your frame and build your frame before the meeting starts. So that may be as part of the discussion weeks out from the meeting. If you're going to have an offsite with your team, you may send them a ton of stuff to prepare weeks in advance to propose those ground rules and make sure that they're cool with them. Or you may just start the meeting by saying, what do we need to accomplish in this discussion? Are we all on board with what actually needs to be done in this discussion? And sometimes that 10 to 15 minutes of, is that really why we're here? It's so nice to get that out of the way instead of spending the entire hour or plus hour plus of the discussion, figuring out why are we all sitting in this room? And then the last thing is just to start making these habits your second nature. I really feel that these skills are slipping away with the people that I've hired who are newly out of college. And I mostly hire people who study marketing, public affairs, public relations, and political science. So these are people who like to talk. (laughs) These are people who like to present. And as I continually get older and hire younger people, I have noticed that these skills are slipping away. And I think some of it's because we hide behind our devices. We use things like Slack to present ideas instead of presenting them in person. And I am telling you right now that how you present yourself 
in these situations and thinking through your audience before you get up and propose a new idea or you've been asked to present findings from something that you worked on, these are the skills that will set you apart more than anything in the workplace. I'd love to know your thoughts on this topic. Presenting is different completely based on the industry, where you work, where you fall on the org chart, how experienced you are. And I would love to know if these tips helped you or if you have other ideas of what you can do to improve your presenting. So always reach out to me on Instagram or email me at Brit at livelihood.com. Thank you for listening to Livelihood. Please share this episode with your friends and be sure to follow Livelihood on Instagram and join the Livelihood community group on Facebook. You can always find more info and episodes on livelihoodwithaway.com.